When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Curry, way downtown, bang, bang, oh, what a shot from Curry. You don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. 360, foul hit him with the sauce. Got it, and one. Fires a long one. Welcome to another episode of All Nat, brought to you by OTS. I'm your host, Natalie, but most people call me Nat. And today I am joined by two of my favorite people to discuss hoops with. Um, So I'm going to start with Chris, who is, um, if you are on NBA Twitter or Twitter in general, but you follow NBA people, you might be familiar with Chris. He is the, the man behind the infamous Hoop Spaces on Twitter. You can catch him, like, is it every weekday morning? He'll tell you, like, when to find him. There's offshoots of, of Hoop Spaces now, but it is some of the best basketball content out there. If you want to stay tapped in around the NBA to news, different teams, Hoop Spaces is definitely who you want to follow and tap into that content. He's so excellent so thoughtful, very reasoned. Um, he runs he runs a really great um, spaces and offers really great basketball content. And I really think that you're going to enjoy my conversation with him today. So I want to welcome Chris to the show and let him tell you a little bit about himself and where you can find him. Hey, everybody. And Nat, thank you for having me here on the All Nat Podcast. Uh, my name is Chris, better known as Hoop Spaces. You can find me on Twitter, Monday through Friday. 10 a.m. Uh, we close sometimes between 12 and 1. Really just depends on, on the conversation of the day. Uh, we cover all teams uh, all day, every day, even on the weekends. And for a bonus, we throw in my awesome food takes. Uh, check me out, Hoop Spaces, H-O-O-P-S-P-A-C-E-S on Twitter. Thank you. All right. Y'all could not see my facial reactions if you're listening on audio. Um, I support many of Chris's food takes, not all, like his <laughs> French fries ones being trash, Overrated. but many people Overrated. many people do Ooh. not support his food takes. So just please be prepared for that when you do go into hoop spaces. Don't hold that against him. Otherwise, the basketball content is everything that I uh, said. And last but not least, I have John. He is one of the hosts of Sunday is for Basketball. He uh, is a very funny person. You'll see some of his content on Twitter. I'll let you know. He'll let you know where you can find him. But he has this segment that he does where he breaks down clips from the game in a little funny voice or, you know, I I don't want to like do it a disservice, John, by the name, but he does a funny clip where he breaks down the game and it's really hilarious. Like he's actually breaking down the game and telling you what's happening, but he does it like within a funny, you know, animated way that'll make you chuckle. John has a great basketball mind. He knows his stuff. 
it shows Sunday for basketball is actually one of the best produced shows that I've seen. Like they're super creative. The content is great. You should check it out. Go follow them. They're available on YouTube. Uh, John is going to tell you more about them. But John, welcome to the show. And thank you for being here today. Thank you, Nat, so much. Love that introduction. That was awesome. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for having me on the show, on the All Nat podcast. I'm super excited for this. I've been waiting for this. Um, so I'm really happy. And I want to thank you for that. Yeah, guys, um, if you see me on Twitter, I have my uh, personal account, which is that dude, John. Uh, Nat will post that for you guys. But we do also have the Sunday is for basketball uh, Twitter Instagram, and we're on YouTube. So a little bit about the goofy commentary that I do. Uh, so whoever's going off that night, I might do two or three videos that night, whoever went off for at least like 30 points or maybe a triple-double. I'll kind of do some funny background commentary while we're looking at their highlights. And I also do some film breakdowns as well. Um, so I'll, I'll do some offensive breakdowns, defensive breakdowns, and we'll kind of like draw out the play for you guys, people who are trying to learn basketball and people who just enjoy and, and know basketball as well and just kind of want to see it in slow motion. Uh, so do that as well. So thank you again, Nat, for having me on. Yeah, thank you. And I think you're great at it. Like, I think it's a, um, art for people to know how to break down basketball in that way. Like, I'm someone I watch it and I generally understand what I'm watching on the court. But I can't always like break it down in that way that you do. So I think that's an amazing talent to have. And I love, you know, watching your content. So I learned from it. So thank you for teaching me. Thank you both for teaching me because it makes me a smarter basketball um, mind. So, all right, let's dig in. You're here today to um, chat some Sixers with me. Um, Golden State is going to be playing them this week. I believe that game is Tuesday. Um, and so... I have a lot of questions about the Sixers because you guys have been a team. Um, both of you are fans of the 76ers. Your team has been in the news like all summer. And that starts with uh, Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons to me is a name that, you know, a lot of people have really strong takes on him in, in either direction. But um, you both kind of know my views on Ben Simmons already. Maybe we'll touch on that. But... Um, Warriors fans in general, his name was floated around a lot with our team because there were a number of Warriors fans before the season started. I think a little less so now because the Warriors are off to such a hot start, but we were one of many teams that he was linked to a lot and people were like pushing to come to and thought it would be a good trade. And so what is the current status? Um, and I'm going to ask both of you, I'm, I, I don't care who goes first, but what is the current status of Ben Simmons right now? John? Oh, right. uh, yeah, so I'll go first. Um, right now, the current status um, is in, in the reports and what we've heard from Ben's camp is that uh, originally he was going to go get some help uh, with his, his mental status. He said he had some mental health issues and he was going to go get some help. The Sixers uh, were actually trying to um, inquire about the help and actually uh, help him get it. And, and at first it was, they said he was unresponsive to that, uh, right? So now it's a case where they're trying to inquire about where he's going, if he can give us some names or facilities or things that he's doing to, to get better. Um, and it seems like there's a huge miscommunication. Um, 
So the, the big thing about this is uh, Daryl Morey, he was on a, a local radio station out here at 97.5. And he said, you know, you guys might think I'm joking, but this could be a four-year process here. You know, we're not going to just give Ben up for, you know, pieces that, you know, I, we want a difference maker if we get rid of Ben. You know, we don't want to just, you know, get some small, some role players and a couple picks here. We're ready. We built a team that with the right pieces in place, now we can we can go for a championship. So he's he's ready to the whole make this thing go for the next four years. Um, I'm a little nervous about that because obviously not having Ben on the floor is not helping us. Without Ben, we're not a, a we're a worse team without Ben on the floor, in my opinion. Without having any pieces to replace him, so I'm hoping you know we can get this situation handled and. And obviously, you know, with Ben's situation, his mental health, I'm hoping that, you know, he definitely gets the help he needs. You know, if he's going through these issues, I, I want him to get better as well. You know, obviously, that's a, a personal matter. But, uh, you know, it's it's a lot. I've, honestly, from the, the Philly side of things, there's a lot of confusion right now. I'm not 100% sure what is going on with Ben and the Sixers as well. There's been a lot of, you know, he say, she say type things going on. So, um, you know, that's that's where I'm at with Ben now as far as, you know, what his situation is with the Sixers. Chris, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I on Friday on my show, it's the first time that I actually talked about the Ben Simmons situation uh, since the tip-off of the season. Um, he's not going anywhere, right? Like, they aren't going to trade him until at least the offseason. If they haven't gotten the deal now, the, the likelihood of them trading at the trade deadline is just non-existent, right? And and the reason why is the players that would be available are going to be on teams who are fighting for the playoffs, and they're not going to give them up, right? Like, C.J. McCollum is not coming to Philly, right? Uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Harrison Barnes aren't coming to Philly. You know, Jeremy Grant, we don't want him back. Like, he, he, hey, good job. Way to be better. But you're good in Detroit. Stay there. Um, Daryl Morey is just flexing power right now. And, and that's really what it comes down to. He is flexing power in a position to, to set up the, six, the 76 is really to take advantage of the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, there are talks outside of the world of basketball that focus on the business aspects of it. And they have no problem eating this money. They will sit him the entire four years if Maury has his way. And that's where, as John is alluding to, there's some confusion. Because then you have people like Elton Brand. Uh, you have people like Kyle Newbeck, who puts out pieces, uh, talking to some of the uh, GMs and some scouts. And like Elton Brand is ready to move on. But Elton Brand can't move on. Because Daryl Morey's like, nah, nah, we're, we are going to get four first-round picks, so we're going to get an all-star. And and I actually admire that. I, I totally get it. Uh, I, I love it, except for one thing. They started the problem in the first place, right? Like, if you go back to the beginning of the process, this is just an edification of uh, having a spoiled kid, throwing a temper tantrum. And, and when you allow that to develop over the course of, you know, your four years and only way you know how to be a pro what were you expecting right and then you hire a coach in doc rivers who is a player's coach who is frustrated because as a player's coach he can't connect to ben simmons 
He's connected to everybody else on that team, except for Ben Simmons. And it's because Doc is asking him to do something, you know, very simple that Ben just doesn't want to do. And and when you look at it in that way, you just feel like you're watching as the world turns, right? And and you, you want to get sucked in. You want resolution. But, but here's the honest truth. There is none. And there won't be any, right? Like, we couldn't get Tyrese Halliburton. Think about that. Like, he's a good rookie. He's well, a good second-year player on a good rookie contract. But he's not Ben Simmons. And, and it shows that the league itself is also tired of this drama, right? They're not taking calls. They're not calling. Like, I don't even think the Sixers can make a deal outside of Ben Simmons now because of this entire, you know, debacle. So to every Sixers fan listening, like, take a deep breath, get some water, and chill because he's going to be here for a minute, and it's okay. Do you guys think he's ever going to set foot on the floor again as a 76er? No. Yeah, I personally don't. (laughs) Um, And and here's the thing. I – Last year, okay, last year, I, I'm a Ben Simmons fan. I know this is going to shock a lot of people right now. He's the narrative around Ben Simmons is like, oh my god, like it's it's just out of control at this point because of that that Hawk series. And I get it, like that was very for me embarrassing because I defended Ben all season, even on my show, um, up until this whole you know I'm not coming to camp thing. But I personally think on the floor. Ben Simmons brings so much to the Sixers. He's a, a great defender. If Even if you remember in that game seven against the Hawks, I think Trey went maybe like seven for 23. He he was on Trey and really made it difficult for Trey the entire game. And, you know, we blew a couple 20-point leads. And, and for me, I was like, okay, you know, I can't blame Ben Simmons for this entire series. We had turnovers late in the game. Matisse Stye will hit Herder in the head on a three-pointer with, like, 50 seconds left. There was so many things that happened throughout that game where I was like, it's, it's a shame that, you know, that donkey passed up on, which was very uh, – it was microscopic, of course. People were really in on that. But I, I think Ben Simmons creates for us. He's a great defender. And, you know, when he's aggressive, which I wish he was more aggressive, I'm not going to lie. Um, when he's aggressive, it, it does help us. Uh, it helps us with scoring and – I don't know. I, I I like Ben Simmons as a player. You know, there's been rumors about his attitude since the dawn of him being a rookie. I think uh, there was J.J. Reddick said, I'm not going to mention any names, but there was a certain player that didn't come to dinner with us. And, you know, when he had the, when he had the rookie, the, 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 when they were going to the hotels and doing their showcases, things like that, there was a guy that the people were saying wasn't talking as a rookie. And, and they're alluding to Ben Simmons. We all know what's going on here. They didn't say his name, but so I can see why chemistry with Ben might be harder. But on the floor, I like him as a player. I really do. But to answer your question again, that I don't think he's going to play for the Sixers again, unfortunately, in my eyes. So how important is it, right, to, like, have chemistry on and off the court, right? Like, it's not the first time NBA players haven't gotten along But ultimately, I feel like when they don't get along off the court, it often leads to the demise of the team. So, like, when there are people who have hesitance in wanting Ben Simmons on their team, I am one of them, right? It's not because I don't think he's talented. It's because 
I don't think he's a team guy. I think he's a Ben first guy. And so I feel like his uh, divaness, for lack of a better word, will often at some point rear its ugly head, no matter the situation. And I feel like that's a pattern that we've seen that doesn't just exist like right now from the 76ers. Um, I feel like it's something that has followed him from college. And so I guess that's my question. Um, I think some of that is at play. Like, I, I do think people are trying to like rip off the Sixers. I do think they're like, you guys are vulnerable. And so we're not going to give up right. anything. And so I am, I am supportive of Maury's position. People think Maury's asking too much. I think he's doing his job. And I, I think that he would actually take a reasonable deal. I think he will take value. He wants value back for a player that he knows offers value. And I don't think he's going to take anything that doesn't offer value. But when people are like, oh, he wants too much and he's being crazy. I'm like, have you guys seen some of the actual offers for Ben Simmons? They're not like good offers. And so yeah. that's how I feel about that. But I, I do think some of the hesitation is also that there are real concerns about like this guy and, you know, like aside from like the diva stuff, I have real concerns about, I think some of his on-court issues around like the shooting and, and the fouls and the free throws, I think that there's mental issues. And when I say mental, I don't, cause I'm not a medical, I'm not a medical professional and I don't like to use that, throw that around um, casually. What I mean by that is like a block. I think, you know, like when he didn't take that dunk, I thought that was like, he didn't want to get fouled because he didn't want to go to the free throw line, free throw line, right? That That's my assessment. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's what I think. And so when that's like, to me, that's not like a physical talented aspect. That's a mental block. How do you, how do you overcome for that? Like, how do you correct that? Is that something that's going to be fixed? So I'm sorry, I just threw a lot out there. Well, um, I, I'll let you guys I, respond I, to that. I actually don't think it's a mental block. Um, this is this is gonna take a second, right? In Australia, he was the man, right? From 13, 14, he could do no wrong. He walked on water. And when you look at videos of him and other prospects, like he wasn't even with them. Like this is who he is. And and the Sixers understood that. What what the issue is is the disrespect to the culture, right? In the locker room, you, you do this because it's buying into the culture. And, and that right there is the, the fabric of why the Golden State Warriors are good, why the Toronto Raptors are good, uh, why the Miami Heat are good. It, it's a culture of accountability. It's a culture of I got your back. And he's just never been that guy. Right? It, there's no need to argue. There's no need to say, oh, well, he could mature. Everybody's going to grow mature, but this is a, a young man who went to LSU and said, why am I going to class? <laughs> like, I'm going to be right. the first pick. I don't want to be here. You're making me be here. Right. Like, and even the selection of LSU was absolutely, you know, par for the course. If you understand LSU's history of uh, recruiting violations. Right. Um, and then he gets to the league and, and this is actually where the first problem happened. It, it was that dinner. Right. The moment he didn't do the, the rookie stuff in the dinner, like every single vet had an issue with them. And and what ended up happening is they all kind of flocked to Embiid because Embiid was all about it. Like he was doing everything because uh, he understood the position he was in, not playing after being drafted. And and then 
the, the one thing that I think isn't really spoken about in regards to the chemistry issue is, you know, when you go back a couple of years when Embiid says, I really believe I'm the, you know, the, the formation of the process, I'm the culmination of everything, that's really when that, that schism started. Uh, so this was going to happen eventually. But in terms of overall team performance, the Bulls did not like each other. The Pistons did not like each other. They did fine. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, they, they were that dominant. And Ben can be that dominant if he does check into the game. And to that effect, it's also the style. He just doesn't like the style. He doesn't like playing with Embiid because it, it closes the court. He wants to get out and run, right? He wants to do what LeBron is doing, right? Control the game, run, make flashy passes, and, and dunk. That's it. And that's cool. Um, I would love for him to, to develop a shot. I've seen him take, you know, three-pointers in practice. He's made 30 for 30. I, I've seen him make free throws. Like, but in, in real game I believe action, that. I believe that, Chris, because I've heard that. But yeah. he doesn't do it on the court. And specifically in that final series, I mean, he was shying away from taking shots and trying to get fouled. What do you think is the reason for that? I think it was because he didn't see how he could be effective, right? He's fighting the system instead of just playing within the system. And and uh, he's always done that. I, I think, you know, John, you, you've seen enough film of Ben Simmons. He just does what he wants to do yeah. within the framework of the offense. And that's that's just counterintuitive to everything Doc wants. Um, it, you have to earn that with Doc. Right, like even Chris Paul didn't do that until he earned it with Doc, and Ben is just over here like, oh, you want to run, you know, this double horn? <laughs> I don't. Let me go ahead and go over here and pass it to Tobias Harris. And then you just, as a fan, you sit there and you watch, and you're like, eh, okay. But that, I mean, he'll be fine. He just won't play in Philly anymore. I, I, I just don't see it happen. But who is a team? What team is out there that's gonna like? cater to him in that way I guess and what I mean by that is like because even when people talked about him for example coming to Golden State they weren't taking the ball out of Dre's hands to put it in Ben Simmons hands right like people were just talking about him being in the dunker spot not coming to the team to be Magic Johnson so that's why I thought it was funny that like it was being reported that that's one of the teams he wanted to go to and they they want a team that fits his like He's not coming there <laughs> to like take over and be magic, which is like, I know that was his favorite player and that's what he wants to be. But I guess what I'm saying is, is there like some disillusionment about like what he's going to be on another team? It's certainly not the Warriors. Maybe it's another team, but it's not the Warriors. Yeah. Well, yeah, the answer, that, I, I think personally, and this is what actually one of the latest rumors on Ben Simmons trades uh, was the Celtics. With um, it was Jalen Brown has to be involved now. I've, I've spoken to some Sixers fans for whatever reason they're not in on getting Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown's a solid player. He's not my favorite player on the Celtics. Like I, I really like Jason Tatum. Obviously, we're not going to get Jason Tatum, but I'll take Jalen Brown. Right, he's averaging about twenty five this year. He's a solid defender. So we're we're not losing as much as we think on defense getting Jalen Brown. And also, we're getting someone who can score, you know, and then we, we can have, um, you know, Tyrese, he's 
really coming into his own now, yeah. being able to get more minutes and having a bigger role in the offense. So you can run with some point. We'll get uh, you know, we'll get Jalen Brown. So I I think right now, if there's any way that we make a trade happen, that seems like the most realistic to me because I think the Celtics, in my opinion, have a CJ McCollum Dame issue right now where they have two very similar style players. And it's like they're probably not going to win with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. It just really doesn't help for a fluid offense for them. They don't know who's going to be the guy that night. Now, we've talked about this on Twitter about uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That I think it was the game against the Knicks where they went to overtime. And Jalen Brown was on fire that game. And Jason Tatum was taking shots at the end of the game. And everyone's like, all right, it's not your night. And it's like they don't have that down, and I don't think they're going to get that down because both of those players are, are young, and they're like, listen, I'm developing. And, you know, Jalen Brown already got paid. So I think it actually works for both teams. I think that the Celtics would be suited with a, a, a true point guard like a Ben Simmons. I think he's a true point guard. He can play defense. He's not going to be selfish. He's going to let Jason Tatum do what he needs to do. If it's Jason Tatum's night, that'll be no problem for Ben. Ben doesn't really want to shoot like that anyway. He'll get his assists. He'll play defense. He'll rebound. And I think the Sixers getting Jalen Brown, you know, that works for us because we need a scorer and we and he can play defense and he won't get in Embiid's way. So um, I, that's what I personally think at this point seems like the most realistic option. Hopefully that works out. I'm not sure if it actually will, but it, I, when I heard the rumors and the reports, I was excited about that. I was like, that that could work out. I like, yeah, I like I, that trade I did, too. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Were you gonna yeah, I, I was, uh, was going to agree with the, the Jalen Brown. And part of the issue that we haven't spoken about um, in terms of just the greater basketball world is the development of Tyrese Maxey. Yes. Like, if he continues to develop like he did 28-9 uh, last night, if he continues to develop, that literally cuts out 10 players that could be in trade, like no D'Angelo, no CJ, no De'Aaron Fox. All these guys are off the table now if Tyrese Maxey develops. And then you're going to end up being stuck. And if you're going to be stuck, it's better to be stuck with a dude who can help. Jalen Brown can help. I don't like the trade, but I'm a realist. He can help. If Tyrese Maxey is what he is, you put Jalen on that team, uh, you're also saving $7 million in cap. Uh, you, you go out and shore up, you know, get a better shooter and defender than Danny Green, <laughs> and I'm happy, right? Oh. Um, and, and I like that. I like that deal for that. What I don't, don't you like, like about Brown. the trade? Yeah, what don't you like about Jalen? He, he, he doesn't do a, a good job for me in the type of offense that I want to run as a secondary facilitator, right? So you put him on the Sixers, and now you have Tyrese and you have Jalen. Like, you're really now asking Tobias Harris to be a secondary facilitator. And, like, he can get three and a half, four dimes, but, like, they're not really pretty. They're, they're just really more dump-offs. And I think you're going to have a congested offense uh, because the ball movement won't really look good in the half court. So come playoff time when we're playing Milwaukee, Miami, or Brooklyn, uh, we'll get slotted because they'll just – do what they're going to do in terms of packing the paint and pushing Jalen Brown on a spot that he doesn't want to shoot from. Okay. Remember that thought. Cause I want to come back to that, but I just want to follow up on, on, on something you guys said earlier. Um, or I think it was John. So Isaiah Thomas 
um, legend, old school Isaiah Thomas, um, he made some comments about Ben Simmons, but he was basically saying that like, he doesn't need to learn how to like shoot. He just needs to develop, um, like shoot free throws better, which I tend to agree with. Um, but the idea of him being a true point guard, right? Because there are some people who disagree with that. They're like, he's playing the wrong position. He's not a point guard. You know, he's a power forward. Wherever you land on that spectrum, if he actually is a true point guard, whatever that means in today's NBA, or I guess that's really my question. In today's NBA, can you be a true point guard? I'm using air quotes for anyone who's just listening on audio without the ability to shoot. I, I, like, I don't think that you have to be able to shoot to still be an impactful player in today's NBA, but can you really be a point guard in today's NBA without a reliable shot? Um, Ricky Rubio. Uh, okay, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ricky, but, Ricky Rubio. I, but I would say is, that, is that his I would feeling, say, Ricky Rubio? <laughs> yeah, I would say it depends on how the roster is constructed. Okay, so and that was that was a good answer, <laughs> Ricky Rubio. But I would say it depends on how your roster is constructed. Now, my biggest thing with the Sixers has been we haven't drafted well. We haven't drafted well in a in a good while. Like there's there's draft picks that were during the process that are not here, and you know we got guys like. Um, you know, you got Nerlens Noel, you got Okafor, you got Markel Fultz. Nobody, I don't understand how this happens. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little passionate about this particular subject. You but are. <laughs> Markel Fultz is not here. Like, he was the first overall pick, and this guy, we don't even know what happened. Uh, we, there's so many, we don't even know the facts about that situation. The guy is going, that was supposed to be the guy that was supposed to go get buckets. That was supposed to be the guy who was like, you can let Ben run point guard because Markel Fultz can go get buckets. We were so excited. We were like, okay, now we have a guy who can compliment Ben. So I think to answer your question, you can be a true point guard without shooting. And, and I say shoot when I when I say shooting right now, I'm referring to shooting three-pointers or long twos. You can do that if you have a, a, a roster that's constructed with some, some people who can go get some buckets here. Does now, he have a mid-range? I would like that. I would. No, I'm asking, does Ben even have a mid-range? Oh, oh does Ben? Too? I mean, he showed that he can hit some turnarounds. I mean, he doesn't do it often, but he, he has shown that. And I think he has, like, his little baby hook that he does. When he's aggressive, he gets he gets little floaters, like, you know, but – he hasn't shown a consistent mid-range shot, no. But what I'm trying to say is I, I believe if we hit on our draft picks and we had a roster with players who can go score, who can, who can isolate on their own and go get a bucket, I mean, outside of Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid, but Joel Embiid's a center, I think that Ben can be a true point guard on a team like that. And unfortunately, the Sixers have not built a roster, in my opinion, that can go get a championship with Ben Simmons. And that's an issue because you went out of your way to – you could have gotten Brandon Ingram, and I thought that would have been a solid pick. But you got Ben Simmons for a reason. You knew what type of player he was, and you knew what type of roster you had to construct around this guy, and you failed. You didn't do it. So I think Ben can be a true point guard, and it can work on a team that has a roster that's built to win. And I don't think the Sixers built a roster around Ben that can win with Ben. 
Okay. I, I'm I'm with you on that 100. percent Um. Okay. Right, you okay. forgot you forgot Michael Carter Williams in that uh, draft. Yeah, though. Michael Carter Williams. <laughs> I mean, like, so, there's so many. Oh, you you forget sometimes. Yeah. Like. Uh, I don't like to. Pick. MCW at 11, then Embiid and Peyton, then Jaleel Okafor, Willie Hernan Gomez, uh, Marquez Fultz. We should have drafted Peyton. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, Landry Shannon. Okay, Kyrie but some Bob. of these, some of these feel, uh. some of these feel very um, hindsight, like is what we're doing now. I don't like to tell fans of teams because I know Warriors fans critique a lot of our draft picks and we kind of get annoyed when people are like the Warriors draft well because I think that's a little overstated but I'm never going to question the fans of teams because you know your team is more in and out and people who cover the teams just like I don't like when people tell me stuff about the Warriors when I know you don't follow the Warriors in and out like me but some of those picks were consensus picks at the time and so like Markel Fultz was a consensus pick. Like, I don't think that was a crazy pick at the time based on the information available. So are you saying that there was information available that they should have known not to pick him? Because, John, what you're saying, the reason he was picked, he was supposed to be that guy, he was. The fact that he didn't turn into that guy, though, I don't think that can be blamed on the Sixers unless you're saying like they didn't develop him properly or they missed something that they should have not have missed. And maybe that's what I'm not understanding. So what's going on is, you know, as Chris was just going over all of the players that we missed on. So it's not like I'm just pinpointing just a Markel Fultz draft and I'm like, Oh, we didn't miss on Markel. We've been missing for five, six, seven years. Like this has been going on consistently. Now, what hurts about Markel Fultz's draft is that we traded up to get him with the Celtics, and the Celtics got Jason Tatum. So that just kind of adds some fuel to the fire. Um, particularly me, and I, and I understand, like, there's a narrative around Fultz at the time that, like you're saying, a lot of people wanted him. It was consensus pick. I don't have any eyewitnesses here right now, but I wasn't sold on Markel I believe Fultz. you. I don't yeah, think you're lying. <laughs> I was not so I was good where we were at. And what I usually do, because I'm not a, like a, a huge college basketball fan, what I'll usually do is I'll kind of look at like the, the mock drafts and see who the top players are. And I'll and I'll kind of like watch their highlights or maybe watch a game or two from, you know, their college games and just kind of see like what would work. I was okay being in the third spot that year. I didn't think that there was I didn't think Fultz was somebody who was like worth trading up for. There's certain first overall picks, it's like oh, we got to go get this guy. I didn't think Fultz was that guy. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't work out. I understood why they did it. I didn't agree with it. But, you know, obviously, like you said, it's hindsight. It didn't work out. But for me, it's been so consistent. Like, it's it's Embiid and, and Ben. And then after that, it's like you had a whole process. Trust the process. You had years of trying to get at least maybe three solid draft picks. And, you know, you end up with Ben and – Embiid, and I, I love Embiid. You know how much I love Embiid, but obviously Ben's not working out, so it's, you know, that's where I, that's how I feel. It, it sucks, but you know. Yeah, I I, I didn't want to I didn't want to trade up either. I wanted to uh, stay at three, and if Tatum wasn't there, I wanted to get Jonathan Simmons. I really wanted Jonathan Simmons on the Sixers. That would have been killer. Uh, ben Simmons, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Simmons, and Embiid, three to five. That would have been killer. So of all those guys you named, um. 
because I I think I think you got a generational talent in Embiid, right? I mean, his right. in, his his ability to stay healthy, right, is always a cause for concern. But most people don't get generational talents like when they pick. So I guess that's the way I look at it is like the trade off. Like most teams don't get a player like that. And you got a player like like Ben Simmons, who people would probably also argue could be a generational talent, right? And I think like Markel Fultz and a player like Okafor, who didn't pan out, but also was a highly touted pick. So like for those two guys in particular, not all the others, those were picks that I thought were justified. And so I feel like you guys do a similar thing. The process was a whole other thing. And I'm not saying that like there are not some more egregious things that the Sixers did. What I'm saying though, is I kind of feel like it's like what Warriors fans do. Like when we start to point out like, no, 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 no. Here's why some of the stuff was flawed, right? I think there's like somewhere in the middle, I guess is what I'm saying. Cause I don't think that all those picks were just bad, but when some of them don't pan out, it's like, I understand the frustration that it causes in you, but I, I also think some of them can be justified and they just didn't pan out. And you guys still got two, you got two elite talents. The problem is they don't necessarily work that well together. Right. So I, at least that's my observation as an outsider looking in. Well, I, I think you would be right. But I also think during that draft specifically for Fultz, uh, it, it was two ball dominant guards and you had to choose one. And when they drafted Fultz, to me, that was them hedging on Ben and they didn't want Ben. Uh, the, the issue that I have is thoracic outlet syndrome, right? I actually, I've had it because I've, I've been injured where um, I, I have it permanently now. So it comes back. You have to continually do physical therapy. That's what Markel therapy. has? Yeah, yes, yes. That's what, what is has. it called so, again? Uh, thoracic outlet syndrome. And what and, is it? And, Can you explain it to us? Uh, so uh, you, you have um, a, a bend somewhere where you're not getting certain circulation or nerve reception into your shoulder uh, and it'll spread down into your hand. And like when you saw him do that double motion, because like it's kind of like shooting with a dead hand, so you couldn't feel it, right? Um, and it's really sometimes even painful just to get your arm up the shoulder for plane. So when you're seeing him do it, like you can see the pain and hesitation in his body. And, and he actually injured that, you know, prior to the draft workouts. Like people understood that it was going to be a, a potential issue he just didn't know the severity. Uh, other people have had it and have come back from it, like Rich Ankeel for the Cardinals. He just couldn't pitch anymore. They moved him to the outfield. Uh, there's other basketball players who've had it, like a, a mild case, but it's a degenerative chronic condition. And that right there, like, was red flags. And this came out literally three to four days before the draft, right? And then that's when, like, they really went hard on the Fultz narrative on TV, and started showing the highlights, and they're saying, well, he'll work himself back, and you're going to have this guy. And then, like, you have Sixers fans who are locked in, and we're like, why are you drafting him? We already have this. Like, I get it that you want him to get buckets, but you know who else is going to get buckets? Jason Tatum is going to get buckets. This guy's going to get buckets. And then it was the trade. Uh, and that John information said. was available before the draft? Because I don't oh, – yeah. was that to the public? Because I don't remember no. that coming no. out until that, much that, later. Those, no, that was all the scouts. Like – Talk to the scouts. The scouts, like seven out of ten of them, uh, knew that there, there was some, you know, issues because they were even reporting 
that his that's why he canceled some of his workouts is, is that he didn't want the tape right uh but then again that's that's also at that point everybody had already figured out who they were picking uh and, and all the deals were already done and, and no one was going to walk it back uh and i'm like that is part of how basketball works this is we're not the only team who had to had to go through this like the Mavs went through it uh the Knicks went through it with KP you got Kristaps Porzingis as well and and as a fan base like we have to be objective yes Markel Fultz was a consensus choice but it really was a consensus choice of the top three it wasn't he was head over heels above everybody else it was he was of the three because everybody was saying they should have picked Lonzo too and I'm sitting here like why um, but, you I don't know, know why Lonzo I, moved up to top two. He's a great player, but I feel like kudos to his father. I thought his father did a great job in getting him to be a second pick. I don't think he was ever supposed to be a number two pick. I, no disrespect to Lonzo. I know that doesn't sound like it when I make that statement because he is a great ball player. I don't think he should have been a number two pick. I didn't think that in, in the moment either. So this isn't hindsight. I said this then. So I, 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 Lonzo, I, I like Lonzo a lot. I, I thought ago. he was fine at two. I thought he was fine at two. I thought he was going to struggle at first, but he would develop into kind of what he is now, except maybe three more points per game. So like 18, seven and seven, kind of like DeJounte Murray. That Fox was in that pick, in, in that draft, right? Is that the right yeah, draft? Yeah, he was fifth. Yeah, he was fifth. And who was four? Uh, I forget. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember who was four. Yeah, I yeah, because I'm a huge Fox fan, right? So I'm, like, upset that he's, like, withering away on the Kings, and I would like him on another team. And, yeah, anyway. Our but team. that's another story. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I would love it. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, Fox is fifth. I don't even see who was fourth. I'm not. All good. All good. Okay. Josh Jackson. So, Josh Jackson was fourth out of Kansas. Mm. I remember him. Okay. So, all right. No, this is, this is great. You guys provided a lot of insight. And I think, I think that's helpful because you, you shared some information I certainly didn't know. Um, Obviously listeners of my show, many of them follow me on Twitter, but you both do too. And, and you both know my views on, on Ben Simmons. I think he's a talented player. I don't want him anywhere near the Warriors. Um, I don't blame him. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I think he's he's sort of spoiled. Um, the whole handling though of like the mental health and like the way this is going down because people kind of come down on both ends. Some people think the Sixers shouldn't be getting involved in his like mental health situation. Um, some people think maybe he's I don't know faking it or something and just gaming the system. I don't really know and I don't like to speculate on one's mental health. I think it's very right, I think it's very plausible that he could be having a lot of anxiety around returning. Like Philadelphia is not an easy fan base. Like you're not going to come out there and get cheers. You're going to be booed incessantly. Like I can't, I can't imagine that would cause me anxiety. So I'm not going to just dismiss that he might be dealing with any kind of mental health concerns, but I, I do think as an employer, you have a right to try to understand, well, what does this mean? Like, how soon do you think you're coming back? 
how treatment, right, and that that kind of stuff, like without getting to the underlying diagnoses or private information, I do think there is a level of information that should be shared with the organization. So, you know, the saga continues. Um, Chris, you said earlier you don't think he's going to be traded this year, and you don't think there's anything, though, in the season that could affect that, like a team is struggling or they're striking out or they're just like, I don't know, there's like some picks they can give up and Ben Simmons will help, you know, make them a more quality team. You don't think there's anything that could change that dynamic during the course of the season? Unfortunately, no. And, and it goes back to, to what I said. And I, and I think John, who's watching the games as I am, understands that um, Tyrese Maxey's development, with, like it's, it's literally going to keep Ben Simmons off of 10 to 12 teams. Um, the only trade that I see happening is in New Orleans. And and I just don't see I don't see it happening. They would have to be Zion sitting out for the year. Uh, it would have to be David Griffin willing to set that city on fire because it would be uh, you know, Ben Simmons for Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart and you would you would work around uh, draft capital and that's that's why silly why couldn't it be a one for one? Why can't it be Brandon Ingram Ben Simmons? Why is he why Josh Hart too? Uh, they they Maury has to win. <laughs> this is just a this is just a personality thing. Like this is a call for me based on Maury's past, right? He he's like Danny Ainge. He he's gonna if he it's not gonna be a one for one. If he's not gonna get a draft pick, uh, he's gonna say Ben Simmons is better. Uh, you need to give me this, and I'll give you Ben Simmons. And I say, is he better than? Well, I I, I think he uh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rebound, the rebounding rate, assist rate, defense, you know, the only thing he does uh, better is score. And it's only what, uh, 10 points more per game. So if Ben did five more layups or dunks, like, there you go. Like, you're getting the same production. And if, points. if, if, if he did. Yeah. These are theories, <laughs> though. Okay. But, but I, I just don't, I just don't see it. Uh, unless an injury were to happen. If the injury were to happen, of course, you know, that that's always the game changer. But without an injury, I just don't see any other team uh, making any moves because the teams that could are are in a bad way. Portland's in a bad way with Neil O'Shea. Sacramento is in a bad way with Viva Grandise. Like, they, they just yeah. are in a bad way. And that's it. Like, we're not sending him to Orlando. I think we've done, like, eight trades with Orlando in the last five years, you know? Right. They don't have anybody. So, there you go. Okay. So, you guys, uh, I started this by saying you guys have been in the news. You had the Ben Simmons stuff. But then you guys were dealing with, like, I don't know why your team constantly, like, you guys are dealing with COVID. It was last year. It's now this year again. When we faced off on Tuesday by we, I mean the Golden State Warriors and Wednesday. Wednesday, sorry, thank you. Oh, Wednesday, when, we, okay. when we face off on Wednesday, the Golden State Warriors and the Sixers, um, do will we will the team be back whole by that game? Um or will anybody be back? Okay, so I be, I don't think uh, I don't I didn't hear a report about uh MB coming back for the Warriors. I don't know yeah, if I haven't either. yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that. I'm assuming he's not playing. because uh, I think we probably would have heard something at this point. Uh How many maybe days that he's has going... it been? Gosh. I know we you, played you, you... seven games without him. 
at this point. I was going to say uh, it's been 10 days, 10, 10, yeah. 10 to 12. Do you guys know if he's had like, like not just caught COVID, but is he having like symptoms and... Uh, Doc, Doc said that the symptoms, at, when it first was reported, when it was actually him and Tobias out at the same time, he said that both of them were struggling with symptoms. I think Tobias actually was out before Embiid, though. Right. So that's why now, obviously, we see Tobias back now. But, uh, yeah, Doc was saying that Embiid had some symptoms that, you know, he was dealing with. He wouldn't, like, clearly give the severity, but he said that he was struggling with some symptoms. Um, so I'm assuming Embiid's going to be out. Now, we're, I believe we're one in six right now uh, with Embiid out. Uh, what, so as far as the team, there's a couple things that, you know, I really dislike about the team. There's some things I like even with Embiid out. One of the things I absolutely hate about this team is Danny Green. Um, Danny <laughs> Green has been playing. He's been shooting horribly. He's uh... always in foul trouble. Doc Rivers, for some odd reason is just like dead set on making is keeping Dan Green in this rotation, making him a starter. It, it's so frustrating. Um, now Tyrese Maxey, I am really big on Tyrese Maxey. I believe he's a future all-star. I was saying this last year. I, I saw him in preseason last year and I was like, this guy has some skills. If he's he serious dead. about basketball and he develops, he will be a future all-star. I like this guy. The only issue I have with Maxey and I know right now people are like, what? You have an issue with Maxi? The only issue is that I wish he was a little more aggressive earlier in the game. I, I see, like, when we're late in the game, like when I watch the Sixers, Maxi will get super aggressive. He'll drive. He gets and ones. He'll start shooting some threes in the fourth quarter. And I love that. I love that he's, he's willing to go get it, especially in crunch time. But I would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive. Maybe if Doc can get him more involved in the offense and, and call some plays for him to get some shots up earlier. Um, I like that. But obviously, he's scoring. You know, he had a couple 30-point games. He's a good player. He really is. I don't and, – and listen, I'm not blaming him at all. I, I'm just saying that because I think he's good enough to that we can make him a bigger part of the system even earlier in the games. That's the only thing I'm saying. It's not. I'm not saying it's his fault. I would just like to see that more. With that being said, I know we have the Warriors coming up on Wednesday. I want to clear something up for everyone that follows me. I'm I'm not a Warriors fan, people, okay? He is a Steph Curry fan, My though. favorite player is Steph Curry. I retweet this guy all the time. People are so confused, <laughs> like, but you're a Sixers fan. I'm a Sixers fan. I love the uh, Steph Curry. And the only time I would, you know, go against Steph Curry is when they play the Sixers. So, unfortunately... Wednesday, I got to go against them. Now, if I'm being objective, Warriors are a, a, a way better team right now, especially without Embiid. If I had to choose, I'm I'm probably going to go ahead and say the Warriors are probably going to win. I hope they lose. I want the Sixers to win, but I think that the Warriors are a better team. And without Embiid, you know, it, it's it's going to be a it's going to be kind of rough for us so we'll see what happens. yeah you guys were looking good before Embiid and Tobias went down and I yeah. think it was surprising people how well the team and I, that's not to say that that Ben doesn't make the team play better because we've seen this when a team is winning and a player's not on the court people are like oh you know but I do think people expected the Sixers to look a lot worse without him and you guys were looking good and then all this COVID stuff happened so 
I think this is a situation where like, if you had Ben Simmons, he would, he would have helped, right. You probably wouldn't have gone one and six if, if right. he was on the court. We, um, I, I think what wouldn't be, I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I was just going to okay. uh, just go off of what you just said. I think we could have potentially been 13 and four, um, you know, with Embiid still playing, you know, uh, just based on how the, the, the season has been progressing early, but that, that's just a quick thought based on what you were just saying. That's all. So Chris, yeah, I, I mean, what do you think? Is, is it helping now that um, Tobias is back? Yeah, I mean, it, it's helping. Um, I think the, the biggest problem uh, with Embiid out is Andre Drummond. It, it changes the team dynamic to the point where they, they have to play more Paul Gasol type uh, basketball, right? Like, if you remember Paul Gasol, we need Tobias Harris to be Paul Gasol, right? That's the only way this works with Andre Drummond in place of Joel Embiid. So it, it makes it better that way. But unfortunately, I, I just think it's like a false, a false illusion. Like so it's a mirage. Uh, and and I love Tobias. He is an underrated player. But if you're going to go and say, "Hey, this guy's going to make the difference, or we're going to be good," then then I think we have to to go ahead and sit down and and just you know look at our phones, twiddle our thumbs, and just hope that Embiid is really just being sent to, to rest and and that he's not really experiencing long haulers or severe symptoms. Uh, because Tobias Harris isn't enough. <laughs> he's not gonna. He's not gonna get it done. We saw it last night. Uh, him and Tyrese went off. It doesn't matter. Um, for me, uh, like uh, John being really high on Tyrese Maxey, I'm I'm high on the two sides. Uh, I, I the, the man should be getting 36 minutes a game. I don't care if he goes one for 15. Uh, he shouldn't like. He shouldn't even walk away from Steph Curry. Like literally, it should just be that six foot seven, seven foot two wingspan guy doing nothing but cardio all night, and that's the only way that the Sixers, I think, would have a chance uh, to win. Uh, because if you, if you, yeah, if you can dog Curry out and make him tired, right, and and you force Curry to have a bad game, you have a chance because the Sixers can still pound the re, you know, the glass and and kill y'all in the middle. But it only works if the bias errors is more a mid-range instead of sitting out there at a corner three. Well, as you know, our friend Gravity, Urkel, Eric, how many of you may know him, will tell you that Stephen Curry can never have a bad game. So... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I too get, I, I wouldn't say I that. Too, I love stuff though, man. He's my yeah, guy. I too get claimed to be a Warriors fan, and I'm I'm not. I don't understand how people think I'm a Warriors fan. Like, I, I, I watch. Paying, bro. Yeah, I see it as like literally a never-ending physics problem when I watch Golden State. Like that's how captivating it is to me, and and it's beautiful basketball. It reminds me of Run TMC. It reminds me of Seven Seconds or Less. It reminds me of that really, really underrated uh, Dallas Maverick offense in, in 2011 where everybody's just having fun. And, yeah. and if you can't like that, then personally, you have an issue. Like, seriously. Yeah. Go, uh, Golden um, State, I have NBA League Pass literally for Golden State. Like, I watch, <laughs> I watch the other games too, but I'm like, I'm not missing Golden State, man. I'm not missing Steph. This guy can go off for 40, 45 points at any moment. This guy's shooting threes and 35 feet out. And he, like, he's just must-see TV for me. 
But yeah, like like you were saying, Chris, as far as uh, breaking down this game coming up, I think we have a serious issue with Drummond on the floor with our drag sets. Like with with Tyrese and Drummond, it's like Drummond's not really a threat unless like he's getting a lob or he's getting a, a rebound put back. Or, and, and it kind of hurts us with not having him be back. But um, but yeah, we'll see. Like you said, Matisse, um, you know, he's a, a great defender. Some of his, uh, I question some of his offensive uh, abilities and his decisions on the court <laughs> offensively, but I think defensively he definitely deserves minutes just because he he is really he is a great defender. So I, I gotta agree. I would like to see him play. I would like to see him start and play some hefty minutes against the Warriors. I think you know schematically that that does make a lot of sense. So I love the idea of him chasing Curry around all night. No. Go ahead. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> uh, look, look. He's six seven, a seven two wingspan. The, the guy is an elite defender. Uh, he's not nice. even averaging thirty minutes. He's got like two blocks and, and two steals a game. Put him on Curry. Just, just that only that's nice. We'll show that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Curry's Curry. We gotta do. We gotta try something, man. Come on. Yeah. No, and I know that, but it's just, it's funny to me because, I mean, I don't want to like switch gears and go to another team, but it's kind of like when people talk about the Bucks and like, you know, there's still people who feel like the Bucks fully healthy and and this is people's right to believe that, but they're just like, they, they're, they're a stronger team than the Warriors. And they're just like, you know, because they're just like, who's going to, who are they going to put to stop Giannis? And I'm like, well, who are they going to put to stop Steph, you know? And I like, if, if people actually have watched those matchups in the past, Drew did nothing to stop Steph. <laughs> and Drew, Drew is one of the best defenders in nothing. the league. So I love part, you too. I part love of him. me, if I'm not concerned about, you know, Matisse Tybal, because- Hey, like, hey, hey, listen, Matisse <laughs> is a good- Matt, Yo, Matt yeah, don't sleep this, on T. He's great. He's yeah, great. Is, but I'm just saying, if like this if is not hyperbole. This is no, not hyperbole. If he's not, if 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 Drew is not stopping Steph Curry, all I'm saying is that I'm not like he can be an annoyance. Like that happens. There are players that annoy Steph on the court for a while. They get under his skin, but he's gonna yeah. figure it out, you know. So yeah, I'm just yeah, that, that's all I mean. It's not to it's not to disrespect him. I like the Sixers and I want you guys to succeed. So not against my team, but I like the Sixers as a team. So um Yeah. You know, I, I, I want you guys, I want you guys to get that Ben Simmons situation figured out. So let's we 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 talked a little bit about Steph and like the matchup that's coming up, but like if Embiid is not back, and it sounds like you guys are saying that he's not gonna be back. One thing though, I, I discussed this on the last episode of All Nat. I kind of feel like enough, like not enough attention is being paid to the after effects of COVID on some of these players. I feel like mm. it's an underrated thing that isn't being discussed because even Draymond Green last year, he dealt with lingering effects of COVID for a very long time. And, sure. it, you know, he got out on the court, but he really wasn't his best. And fans were getting at him, but there were really some lingering effects. I, I want to say it was a few games ago. Um, Tatum was still using an inhaler. And this is a year later, right? And these are supposed to be some of the best, well-conditioned athletes, people in the world. And like, yes, they're alive, thankfully, to live in, and, and talk about it another day. But they are having 
health problems from COVID. So a player like Embiid, who we know actually is not always in the best condition, like, is there any concern about the lingering impacts? Because I feel like we're, we're not talking about it at all, but like, it could be a very real thing. And I don't want that for him, but it, it it's a little concerning to me that it's been 10 days and you guys haven't heard any signs of him coming back. I mean, how oxygen is important. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, oh my gosh, he can't breathe. You know, um, it's bad. I, I honestly think it's bad. Like, if there's no news, that's bad news, right? And yeah. and we can only we can only hope that you know they're they're really just using this as a, a, a workaround to to sit him and rest him. Like, literally, I'm I'm like, we need to stay 500. Like, oh, we're we're not gonna have him until maybe Christmas. Really, like seriously, I'm thinking Christmas maybe uh, if we're lucky, because. When you look at the the after effect, as you uh, described, you know, Draymond, imagine adding five inches and 60 pounds. It's, 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 uh, it's something that fans don't talk about and they need to understand. Like, it's, it's going to affect the Sixers season for the rest of the year. And, and have I used it to discount them in the playoffs? Absolutely. Like, I thought they were going to be a top three seed in the beginning of the season. Even if he comes back, I no longer think we'll be a top three because I think they're going to have to do even more uh, load management and rest, right? So we're looking now at four to six, uh, I think, and that's if we stay 500. If we continue this slide like we're in the one and six in the last seven, you know, it's 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 not going to be nice. Like, it really isn't. Do you guys see some 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 games on the schedule you can steal? Uh, every game's a 50-50 right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, at this point, I mean, like, the thing is for us, and I'm just kind of, like, taking a little quick look here, we've been competitive, so that's, like, the frustrating thing. Right. Is it's, like, we're not getting, like, necessarily blown out of the games or anything like that. Um, You know, we, we actually have the Kings tomorrow. It's, I could potentially see that. We got the Timberwolves coming up, the Magic. Games like that, I can see us maybe escaping with a win. Um, we do have, obviously, I don't, I'm not, I don't see us beating the Warriors. We have the Celtics, the Hawks. I don't see us beating in the Jazz coming up. I don't know. I don't see us beating those type of teams. So it's, it scares me because, like you were saying, Chris, we talked about before, we're one and six. But uh, also, uh, without Embiid so far, but also Nat, like you were saying with the the after effects of COVID, yeah. Um, Jason Tatum, he didn't use an inhaler his entire life, you know. Right. Like, now he has to use one, and and I would say too, be, because I, I'm big on the after effects as well. Because unfortunately, earlier this year I had COVID, and I'm a runner, like I run a good amount, and it really affected me, you know. Like I was. You know, there was one point where I would be like, okay, I can run four or five miles easily. Like, I'm out. Let's go, right? And then now, later on, it's like I can maybe get, like, two or three, and then I start feeling a little bit different. Like, And, and I, I think that was kind of closer to when I first got out of it. I think I'm a little bit better now, but it, I was sluggish for a while. You know, I felt tired. I was waking up differently. And that probably happened for at least a month and a half after I had COVID and it was gone. So 
And I'm not a world class athlete, you know. I'm just saying I just I like to jog for fun. But these guys are obviously are, are professional athletes. They're in the NBA. And B, like you said, has not been known for his conditioning. You know, there was points before him a couple of years ago where he was eating Chick fil A before the games on on the table with the trainers. You know, <laughs> that was bad. Shout but, out to Chick-fil-A, though, because it's a Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I had Chick-fil-A last night. Yeah, listen, I don't got nothing against it. But, oh, oh, but see, um, I, you know, we're going to, we're good. No, I can't. No, let's not go there, Chris. Let's, let's, let's keep going. <laughs> All right, Chris, we won't do it. But um, he don't even like French fries. So I don't know, Chris. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, you know, so that is definitely a concern. Now, Chris. It scared me a little bit, man, saying Christmas. I'm like, woo, I wasn't, I'm not anticipating that. I'm hoping that he's not out for that long. But if he was, you know, now that you said it, I'm thinking about it, I wouldn't be shocked. But hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we can, we'll see what happens. Maybe we can get a report soon on what's going on. I feel like well, I haven't seen well, the report. So unfortunately now Christmas. I can't really give you a, a super detailed perspective on when he'll be back or we haven't right. really heard anything, you know. So, well, John, that's what, first that's of all, let me say, I, I, I'm glad you're feeling better, and I hope you get back to, like, your four or five miles, like, back there, oh, but I'm that. glad you're feeling better. Um, selfishly, I want him to come back, because I'm going to that game in Philly, so I would like him Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Cool. I'd like awesome. him to be on the court, but, um, all right, so outside of, um, Steph Curry has been playing well. He's probably going to step up for the game against his brother because they always do. So you you have a chance at that probably being a competitive game. Like you said, you guys have been in like competitive games. It is a home game for the Warriors. And I guess you'd expect that role players play better at home than on the road. So far, that's what I've seen with the Warriors. Like their shooting hasn't been great in the past couple of games, you know, John, you watch the Warriors. Chris, I know you watch a lot of games too, but you have to see like Steph's heroics the other day versus the Cavs, you know, to get them back. The shooting, the shooting hasn't been there, you know, um, like with the rest of the bench, you know, like obviously Jordan Poole stepped up in the Detroit game. Wiggins right. has been consistent, but the, the rest of those guys who we've been relying on to shoot, it's been a little, you know, and I'm yeah. trying to see, like, is this going to be, like, a road thing, home thing? Or, you know, I'm watching. It's still a little early in the scene of the season to, the, to, to see patterns. But I think they're going to be at home. So the role guys will probably be shooting better. But, you know, especially if the Sixers don't win tonight before they play us, they're going to be hungry. They're going to be itching for a win. Teams always step up to play the Warriors. Seth likes to try to outduel his brother. So... That's a good just point with, those, with Seth. Just with those underlying storylines, we're not going to have you're not, you guys aren't going to have Embiid back. You've talked about possibly putting Tybull on on Steph. What what other things do you think? What are the other keys to the game possibly for the Sixers to try to pull this out? What do you think gives them the best chance in this matchup knowing the pieces that Golden State has? Um, I would say couple things I'm looking for in, in this particular matchup for us to have a chance. I would say I I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I think right now Maxie's our, our hottest scorer, our, our most consistent scorer, and the guy who can, for me, 
isolate and, and be able to create on his own. Um, and I, I want to see him do that early in the game. Um, I, I do think another key matchup, and this isn't even just scoring, this is rebounding-wise. I want to see Tobias stay aggressive rebounding. I want him to get those important rebounds. I want him to get some offensive rebounds because he's a solid rebounder, and Draymond is as well, obviously. So I want to kind of see him outdo Draymond uh, as far as rebounding to give us a, a couple more possessions, kind of keep the ball away. You know, you hear that with quarterbacks in the NFL, keep the ball away from Brady, kind of keep the ball away from Steph a couple more times. Um, How are you guys as a rebounding team this year? Because you have, um, what's his name? The back, the other center. Uh, uh, Drummond. Yeah. Drummond's a good rebounder. Uh, Tobias is a really good rebounder. Um, I don't know, Chris, outside of those. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's it. Really that's, can, honestly, no one's really it. super consistent rebounding on our team. Um, you Do know, you know where I you guys we, rank this year? I'm only asking because the Warriors, shockingly, have collectively been a good rebounding team, even though we don't really have, like, one single guy. So I was curious about the, the um, Sixers. Uh, I don't have the numbers. Um, I know that once MD went out, we, we plummeted. Uh, okay. Like, Drummond had a couple of – he had a 20 and a, a 13 or a 20 and a 15 game. But then he comes back and gives you six. Uh, so, like, he'll, av- he'll, he'll average back down to 13 or 15 like he always does. But when Tobias Harris is your second-best rebounder, you're in trouble. That's, it's that simple in terms of rebounding. Yeah. Like, they don't even really do a great job, I think, in, in terms of team rebounding um, because I think they're always trying to leak out for transition. At least when I that's, that's how I see it. Like Kirk Corkmouth needs to get in there if he's on the floor to try to uh, at least box somebody out. Corkmouth, um, bro. <laughs> oh how is the Lord. defense right now? Uh, you know what? I, I, I Doc runs a a very simple defensive scheme, so everybody can can play. They're they're competitive defensively. Um, their issue is when they come up against. You know, a player that's better. They just can't. They can't match up. Um, and unfortunately, I, I see a lot of that. You know, come Wednesday. In fact, actually, I only see four wins in the next fifteen games. By the way, uh, and and yeah, it's not wow. looking it's not looking great. Um, so yeah, team rebounding. That if, if we can go that, we out rebound by ten. We have a shot to win. We have a good shot to win if we out rebound the Warriors by ten, because uh, that usually means we're probably getting an additional eight points, right? Uh, um, second chance points. So that, that's there the only way. Warriors, the Warriors can be a high turnover team. So how do you see that impacting the 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 Sixers? Are they good in transition? Do they have the ability to capitalize on those turnovers? I would say depending on what lineups on the floor. So like I, I, I've seen that when we get shake out there, he likes to run him and uh, Tyrese like to run. Sometimes they play them together and they'll get out in transition. Um, I cork Maz, I mean, he's one of those guys that you like, <laughs> like in theory, you would like to have out there in transition because he, he likes to run and gun. But this guy, I think, what he's what he's been doing, and I've been watching him, is he's kind of like he's he needs to take some time to develop into the player he thinks he is right now. If that makes any sense, like he he's taking shots that I can see him developing into, 
but he's just not there yet. Like he's taking he's taking pull up threes from thirty five. He's he's trying to drive and and throw up floaters and and his decision making isn't and, great. Yeah, his decision making on offense is just frustrating. Right now, I think he's still a spot up shooter. And I've actually seen, I've actually seen um, oh, what's his name? I forget. Why am I um messing up his name? Cork Moss. I'm sorry, I had a brain fart. Cork Moss. I've actually seen him be a decent rebounder. I'd like to, I would like for him to focus on that and then just be a spot up shooter. And I think we can I think he can help us in transition cuz like you said the Warriors are a team that will turn the ball over so I think that gives us a, a chance. Uh but can they force no. turnovers the Sixers? I mean cuz Ben isn't out there anymore so can they force turnovers? Can they get oh, some yeah, deflections? Yeah. Um we're 20th by the way in transition. <laughs> Okay. Um Minnesota's better, Orlando's better, the Utah Jazz are better in transition. Um, and I agree with John. Like I, I want Corkmez to just get a rebound and stand in the corner. Uh he doesn't need it though, no 30 to 35 footers. He doesn't need to try a floater. All he needs to do is be, you know, the offensive version of Bruce Bowen. Right? Get a rebound, run to the corner, stand there. Don't do anything else. Um in terms of getting those turnovers, yeah, they, they can get an extra two or three. Um, with, if Matisse is healthy, he's good for that. They, they have a good, sound defensive scheme. Uh, but unfortunately, they're not going to have an answer for um, Draymond. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. If, no. Yeah. So, if, if, if yeah, I just don't, I don't see it. Uh, they would need to get, okay. what, plus six steals? Uh, and I just don't see that happening. So Danny Green is not a fan. Uh, like, like I know, John, you're not a fan of him, but like Warriors fans hate him. I, <laughs> I, I can, I will never talk badly about Danny Green because he's from around the way. So I'm gonna always show him love. But it does seem maybe that his time is coming to an end in the NBA. He may have reached that point. Um, but obviously, because of what happened with Clay, even though Clay himself and Dre said they didn't think it was a dirty play, Warriors fans blame him for inevitably causing the beginning of two of Clay's two-year hiatus. So they do not like him. They will hate him and will not show him any love in the building. So um, yeah, I think <laughs> I think it'll be an interesting game. So really quickly, I just like to do prediction. So it sounds like both of you. Don't think that they will win, but there's a long shot, and you and you've listed out maybe some of the ways they can do that. Out rebounding the Dubs, um, yeah, out rebounding the Dubs was really what I heard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, out rebounding, and then if we can, like you know, you allude to it a little bit, maybe get some steals, put some pressure on uh, uh, some of your role players. I would say, you know, just to kind of get into a little bit from the Warriors standpoint. Now, Steph's going to be Steph. Um, Andrew Wiggins has been very consistent. There's some factors here that maybe we can stay in it if there's a guy like Jordan Poole's having an off night. You know, Jordan Poole's, like, for me, from what I've seen, is he's up and down. He might have two, two or three games that are good, and then he'll give you eight, you know, randomly. And So I think with Jordan Poole, I I don't think there's very many games where he's bad the whole games. I think when you have the inconsistency, it's like you get a half out of him or like a quarter here and there. Um, And I think that's actually because he's playing 
starter minutes. And what I mean by that is like Jordan Poole does need the ball in his hand, but when you're playing with Steph and Dre already, he's not going to get that. So they're using him more like a clay, right? And I think yeah. when he is in the second unit and like, like in that Detroit game, yes, I know it was Detroit, but he was the guy for the night. You saw a much better player. So I think when he has, he's the sixth man fully, he has the second unit to himself. I think you're going to see a lot more consistency from him. That's yeah, I for think. sure. I, I like Jordan Poole a lot. I think he's a good player. I'm not trying to put him down at all. I'm just trying to think of ways that if this no, happens, I didn't think you were. We could, you know, maybe we have a chance. You know, uh, but we'll see. Um, you know, I'll let you get to your, your question. You're gonna ask. <laughs> no, yeah, I was just trying to explain some of what I think his inconsistency is about, and I think. Um, You've also noticed since like Andre Iguodala came out and made those comments, you've seen him attack a little bit more, put more pressure on the rim, try to, you know, get some some free free throws. So his decision making closing out games and in some other parts of the game are still questionable. But um, right. I also think he'll play better at home. So, yeah, I don't really know. I don't know what the answer is for you guys. This is why I have you here to tell me since you know your team's better. But um I appreciate all the knowledge that you guys both brought to the to the to the show today. What is your prediction then overall for the Sixers? I mean, you talked about um, possibly not having MB back till December, Chris. Um, we don't think that Ben Simmons is stepping on the court again, and also he may not be getting traded this year. Again, we're just doing our best educated guesses here. But if all those things are true, and they're on this skid right now. Do you see them still making the playoffs? Are they a play-in team? What is now your prediction for them on the season? I I still have them in the playoffs. I don't I don't think they they'll fall out of the playoffs. Um, if you, the reason why I say December, just look at what Jason Tatum went through last year, right? Like I mean, look at Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. Did. Like they're gonna miss two three weeks. And we're only on 10 days. Then you factor in Thanksgiving, so you're already looking at, you know, now what, December 10th. Uh, well, he's not a type of player who's just going to be able to walk in and just go. Like He's going to need to do some conditioning, so what are you going to do? Yeah, you're not going to put him out there until he's a, a closer to 100%. So, I mean, it's conservative. I don't like being conservative. I wish it, it would be different. Um, the game... I, I mean, you want a prediction? Like, all I hear is is um, pain from Clubber Lang right now. Like, that's all I hear in terms of prediction. I'm thinking uh, it's as bad as the Jazz game. 120, 85, maybe 90. Uh, oh, I wow. Think, I, I think because <laughs> it's, it's, well, remember, it's a late game. It's in Golden State. Uh, they're short on players. They're coming off of, you know, a one in six or soon to be maybe one in seven slide. And they're traveling. And it's not like they're, they're going to want to get home. They're not going to really care, I think, if they get down early, big, you know, if they get down big early. Right. And then I gotcha. think Doc is going to throw in the young guy. And, and he's going to say, we're going to get back home. And I think that's what I see. Okay. Yeah. But for the season, you still think they'll be a playoff team. Will you guys have any all-stars this year? I mean, you think Embiid, the, the fan Embiid will still. <laughs> yeah, Embiid. Um, Embiid. I'm just wondering if he's going to miss enough time that it'll affect all-star, possibly all-NBA. But 
Um, oh, Maxi. I'll actually I'll put Maxi up there if Maxi continues to play. Not in terms of the All Star, he'll be in the rook the, the rookie sophomore skills talent, right? Um, I think that's it. It's Embiid and nobody else. Okay. Yeah. I would say, depending on how long Embiid's out, I still I still see us possibly getting maybe the sixth seed because, you know, right now, looking at where we are, I think we're 10th right now. Um, we don't know how long Embiid's going to be out. I'm hoping maybe within the next couple of weeks we, may, we might see him back and on the court. I'm praying for it. And if so, I think we'll we'll be right back in the mix. I could see if it's that fast, I could see us being a top five seed. I think Embiid's a, such a huge difference maker. We're a, such a different team with Embiid on the floor. Right. I would even like our chances to beat Golden State in this game if Embiid was playing. But obviously he's not playing. So for the prediction for the game, you know, I got the Warriors winning probably by 12, 12 to fifteen points. Uh, oh, you guys are giving me scores. I didn't even want all that. Look at y'all. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I hate to say it. I really do. I want to represent. I want to be like, yo, we're going to get them. But I got to be realistic. Now, you know, if you want me to be subjective, yeah, Philly, let's go. Like, we got this. Tyrese <laughs> Maxey's dropping 40. Let's do it. Yo, and what do Danny you guys Green think about the He's going to have a throwback game. He's going to put up Green. 18 points. He, he don't need to do dropping that a solid 12 points on you. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> And I mean, I know, I know Chris's view on the Warriors, I mean, for the most part for the season, but I also know you think a team like the Lakers can still be like in it at the end. So, I mean, on the season, like not specifically the Sixers, but as a whole NBA, who do you guys think are going to end up there? Like, you know, who's going to be in the finals? Who's coming out the East and West? Um, mm. Yeah. And, and, and who's, who's getting that MVP? Oh, uh, MVP is going to be hard. Um, Just let me know what you think now. <laughs> Golden, Golden, Golden State is going to probably come out the West. They'll beat the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Um, so you think it's going to be those two teams in the Western Conference Finals, not the Suns? Oh, yeah, yeah. This, 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 yeah. The, the, the demise of the Lakers is not happening. Like They're going to get it together. And I think when you get into a seven-game series in the playoffs, it's, it's a completely different game. And in the West, Golden State uh, can beat them, but I don't see Phoenix or Utah really beating uh, a healthy Lakers squad. Um, in the East, it's, it's a problem. Um, if Kyrie comes back, Brooklyn, without a doubt. If Kyrie doesn't come back, I'm probably still rolling with Milwaukee uh, as the lead favorite once we get into the um, playoffs again. Uh, with you don't think Milwaukee could be um, a fully um, stocked uh, Nets? If, no. Like if Kyrie's there, no, no, no. Okay. They 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 lost the most important player uh, to that championship squad in PJ Tucker, uh, and without a PJ Tucker type player, um, I mean you're going to be relying on Bobby Porter's. Just just you know, I love okay. Bobby. Bobby loves Bobby. He'll tell you that. Uh, but PJ. So Tucker either Warriors him. versus Bucks or Warriors versus Nets would be your prediction. Yeah. Yep, Dark Horse Team Miami. Okay. That's, that's the dark horse team. Yeah. John. I um I chose the Warriors before the season started. I, I saw their their pickups in the offseason. I saw they got smarter players. You know, you got Andre back, you got Bielitsa, you got Otto Porter. And these are guys when you get when you have Steph Curry and you got guys that play smart basketball and know their role, 
and can and can complement Steph and can play within the system, which is Steph. Steph's the system. You're you're probably going to the championship. I mean, and you and you turn got that Clay up, John. Back. Turn that up. Turn that Listen, up. Turn that I, up. I'm a, this is I'm a, my jam. <laughs> I'm a James Wiseman guy. I like James Wiseman for you guys. I like his height. I like what he can do off the pick and roll. I I, I like that he can stretch the floor. He can shoot threes here and there. I you know he's a good player to me. Um, Clay Thompson. What do you think on the development of Kaminga? That's been a bright spot. Jonathan Kaminga is already a, a good defender. Um, I like when he's aggressive and he goes and he drives to the rim. I like Kaminga. And, you know, I think Moody, you know, another rookie, I think he's going to need some more time to, to really get into his own. But he's he's shown some flashes here and there. But um, I got the Warriors. Um, regular season MVP, Steph Curry. Finals MVP, Steph Curry. Um... I'm just keeping it real. And I, I'm all I smiles. Like, I'm all smiles for people who I can't like, see me. <laughs> I like a healthy Heat team. I like Miami Heat healthy. Uh, Oladipo coming back, being healthy. I like them going to the finals. Do we think um, Oladipo still has something left? For that team, yeah. Because I don't think – I think he's going to have a – I think he's going to have a smaller role and he's going to be able to be a role player and, and kind of let the game come to him more with that team. Um, I like that team a lot. I think they're well-rounded. I think they play great defense. And Tyler Hero, um, he's on my fantasy team. Shout out to Tyler Hero. My man's balling out of control right now. Um, what about Kyle Lowry? He's been, like, sort of inconsistent. Yeah, Kyle Lowry's inconsistent. But what I like about Kyle Lowry is he's one of those players who is just annoying. He's a pest. He can get your opposite guard in foul trouble. Um, he, he's he been in these moments. He's big, you know, obviously he's won a championship. He He's shown up in the playoffs. He's a veteran. I like Kyle Lowry, and obviously I love Jimmy Buckets. Wish he was still in the Sixers. But, um, yeah, I got, I got the heat coming out of the East. I, I really do. But I got the Warriors winning, man. I think Steph Curry is the best player in the world. Um, you know, with when they play the Heat, I don't they don't got nothing for that guy, man. He's probably so you both. 32. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was I was gonna say he's probably averaging at least 32 in the finals. And you know what? Listen, as much as as much as we all hate, you know, we all like Steph Curry. I think Chris is a, is a Curry fan. We've heard, you know, the only thing they have on this guy, and they think they have on this guy, is Finals MVP. He's done so much in the league, and ask all anyone can ever say, he doesn't have a finals MVP, he doesn't have a... Listen, Steph Curry knows that. I know he knows that. This guy is an assassin on the court. This guy is competitive. He doesn't get enough credit for that. He needs to be put in the realm of, like, a Michael Jordan and a Kobe for, as far as being an assassin on the court. This guy is super highly competitive. And when he gets there, and that's why he did that to the Nets. He knew what the narratives were. When he goes to the finals this year, I promise you, this guy is going to be gunning for Finals MVP. And when he gets it, there's nothing anybody can say. I can't wait. I cannot wait for it because there's got to be nothing anyone can say on this guy. Anyway, I'm done my rant. So I'll you both you have the heat. <laughs> I mean, you you have the heat, like, if healthy, and, and Chris is your dark horse candidate. Okay. So good stuff. Chris, were you about to say something before I close? Yeah, I, 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 I love watching Steph Curry. Shout out to the Golden State Warriors fans. Enjoy the season. Um, it, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> you know oh, I'm enjoying it. Go one ahead, other thing uh... I want to say, guys. One other <laughs> thing I want to say. One other thing I want to say. 
Uh-huh. Yo, sooner or later, guys, y'all gotta let me speak in on the spaces. You know what I mean? I know. Uh, Have you ever you requested got- to come up? I don't control it. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, I, I see you guys in there all the time. I want to talk at least a couple times. I would love this to request. Uh, speak to you guys, man. I enjoy them. I love them a lot. So No, I, just request. All. Yeah, yeah. And, and, Urkel will let you up. Just hit the request yeah. button. He'll let you but, up. Um, but yeah, it was, it's been great, guys. It's been great. I'm glad. Um, oh, one let other me- thing. I'm so sorry. I got Utah <laughs> going to the uh, Western Conference Finals against, depending on how the seating works out, but. I think Utah is better than um than the Lakers, and I got them going farther in the playoffs. No respect for the Suns from either of you. Uh, it's 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 a great story. They're a great team, <laughs> but Robert Sarver, ladies and gentlemen, that's a great story. That's it. I got wow. Um. Okay. Wow. Um. Sixers is coming up for another in another week for us. So yeah, okay. That's great. Um <laughs> that was great, Chris. Um yeah, no, John, if you ever want to come up and you're having trouble getting up, just like message me and let me know. But you can definitely come up and, and join on the spaces. Your voice would be welcomed. Listen, guys, follow hoop spaces. You need his content. Follow John. Sunday is follow John and follow Sunday is for basketball. They're a growing platform. They have content coming out regularly. It's good basketball content. You just heard John. So you know what you're getting. Follow them, make yourselves smarter. I like to bring people on the show who are going to make you smarter. I like to introduce you to new content, follow these guys, support content creators. We're out here hustling. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show and blessing me today with all your knowledge. Um, I hope you guys have a happy holiday season, whatever you celebrate. Uh, Listen, guys, All Matt is available on basically all streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Google. Go check it out. You can watch it on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Follow um, the, the podcast on your streaming platforms download the podcast. I know that these seem like basic things. You might get tired of hearing them, but they help me. They help someone like John. We're content creators. It helps us. So just do those things, please. Leave a rating, leave a comment, leave a review, give us feedback. We welcome that. You know, we love the support. Thank you for listening. Uh, Until next time, everyone, take care. Thanks so much, Nat. Thank you. Thank you both.